what you and I are going to look at today is the Lord's Prayer, especially when it comes to that phrase, as we have forgiven our debtors. So with that in mind, hopefully you've got your Bible. You can open up to Matthew chapter 6. Let's read the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to pick up uh, right there in the idea of how we need to forgive our debtors. So let's read the Lord's Prayer together. This is Matthew 6. Uh, Jesus teaches us, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Uh, and with that, let's pray. Father in heaven, may we honor and hallow your name. Lord, would your kingdom come. Lord, would your will be done in our church and in our valley. And Lord, would your reign uh, in heaven pass down through all of creation, and would your will be done through every square inch of this world. Father, would you give us the daily bread that we need, and Lord, would you provide not just for ourselves, but for everyone in your body, in the body of Christ, for what they need, and even for this valley. And Lord, would you forgive our sins and our debts, and Lord, would you enable us to forgive those who trespass against us, who have incurred debts against us. And Lord, would you lead us not into temptation? Lord, we cannot stand before temptation. Lord, lead us away from it. And Lord, would you deliver us from evil and the evil one, our enemy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, well, as we dive into this topic of forgiveness, really this is like forgiveness part two. So uh, last week we talked a lot about forgiveness and what it means for us to be forgiven through faith in Jesus Christ. And so uh, really this is just part two. So there's a lot more about forgiveness you can go back to online and study about how you and I are forgiven through faith in Jesus Christ uh, who died and paid the debt of our sin. So today is really sort of like part two where what does it mean for us to be forgiven and now forgive those around us? And that's a huge topic for a lot of us because uh, forgiveness is really hard. Even for those of us who have trusted in Christ and have followed him for many years, the idea of forgiving those who wrong us is really, really difficult. Uh, so uh, to kind of start us off, you know, I want you to think about forgiveness um, sort of in these terms, you know, how important, how important is it for a church to be a forgiving community? How important is it for the life of a church uh, that the people who gather and worship and pray for one another and give financially and join in small groups and, and partner in missions, how important is it for a functioning church that those people be a forgiving people? Uh, well, uh, of course, uh, it's critical to the very life of a church. Uh, this is all over the New Testament. Uh, Paul talks about forgiveness in the book of 2 Corinthians 
the Corinthian church had all kinds of problems, and Paul wrote them a letter uh, telling them to repent. Uh, he refers to it as his harsh letter. But then, miraculously, beautifully, by the Spirit of God, people actually start to demonstrate repentance. They start turning away from their sin that Paul was calling out. And uh, Paul in 2 Corinthians tells the church this. He says, now, look, if anybody's caused pain, uh, you know, the, the, the offending person in the church, if anybody's, you know, made problems, you know, he's not caused it to me, but really, in some measure, not to put it too severely, to all of you. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. So you should turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. And then he goes on and Paul says, Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan. For we are not ignorant of his designs. Uh, now you can go back and read Second Corinthians uh, and study more of the context. But what Paul is describing in the church in Corinth, where he used to be the pastor, uh, what he's saying is he's saying if someone repents of their sin, we need to be quick to forgive them, or else they're going to be overwhelmed by sorrow. And then Paul says, and remember, we are. We are aware of how Satan can indwell, uh, you know, communities, how he can infiltrate the church and how he can create sort of um, festering wounds of unforgiveness and how detrimental those are to the life of a church. He says, look, we're not, we're not ignorant. We know how Satan would love to use a lack of forgiveness to tear a church apart. Uh, so Paul says, if the person repents, bring them back. Uh, do not let them be overwhelmed by sorrow. So for Paul and the church in Corinth, it's critical uh, Paul will go on and he'll talk about forgiveness when he talks to the church in Ephesus. Uh, you know, we talked about this verse last week, but in chapter 4, uh, Paul says these words uh, to the whole church. He says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And of course, Paul goes on in Colossians and he talks to the saints in Colossae and he says this in chapter 3. He says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Uh, so to our question, you know, how uh, critical to the life of a church is forgiveness? Uh, Paul would say it's absolutely critical. He tells uh, multiple uh, churches all throughout his epistles, all throughout his letters, uh, that forgiveness is key to the functioning of the church, uh, that the only way that we as the body of Christ can really function is if we forgive one another. And so, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of times when we think about forgiveness, our tendency is to individualize forgiveness, uh, to think about, well, well, who do I need to forgive and how does forgiveness look to me? Uh, but if you've been tracking with our series on the Lord's Prayer, you'll know that um, even though this is a prayer meant to be prayed by ourselves, you know, in our closets, by ourselves where people can't see us, 
Over and over again, Jesus' emphasis is on the body of Christ, the church. We are to pray for our daily bread, not just ours. We're to pray that our sins would be forgiven, not just my sins. And here we are to pray that we would forgive our debtors, that we would be a people who forgive our debtors. And yes, I can apply that as an individual, that I need to forgive those who sin against me. But I also need to be praying that we as a church would be the kind of community that we would be the body of Christ that functions, that we would forgive our debtors. Uh, so it's, this is a critical issue for the functioning of the church. So I'm going to give you a few reasons. I think I've got four reasons uh, tonight for um, why we forgive. And so hopefully these will help you. And then we've got to ask the really hard question at the end. Uh, but before we get there, let's go through some reasons for why we forgive. So the very first reason we forgive is because we have been forgiven. <laughs> I mean, this is the whole message of the gospel. Jesus Christ, while we were still sinners, died for us. And if God, as you know, Jesus teaches in Matthew 18, if God is willing to forgive our huge debt of sin, who are we to not forgive other people their debt of sin. Uh, Paul says it this way, love keeps no record of wrong. Um, if God has taken our record of debt and nailed it to the cross, who are we to hold other people's sins against them? Um, this is why we forgive. And note, the, this is the first reason we forgive others because we have been forgiven. And note that this is the first reason I'm I'm, I'm making because I think a lot of times when I listen to Christians counsel each other and talk about forgiveness, um, very quickly it becomes a sort of like pseudo-counseling session where it's like, well, for your own mental health, you need to forgive, you know, so that you can move past this issue or, you know, you got to just, you know, get people out of your life who are haters, just sort of get to a place of mental health. And that's why you should forgive. Now, um, I, I think that the Lord and his ways are going to lead to healthiness. And I think Jesus's way is the only sane way of living. But notice how subtly different that is to what the Bible will say we are supposed to forgive for. Uh, the Bible doesn't say forgive others so that you're mentally healthy and you've, you're in a good headspace. What the Bible will say is you and I forgive because we are forgiven. Uh, so think about it this way. We also are to forgive not because we deem the other person worthy of forgiveness. Instead, we forgive because of our relationship with the Lord. We are forgiven. It's not about whether or not we deem the other person worthy. It's not even about whether or not we're doing it for our own mental health. Um, will it help you in your mental health to forgive others? Yeah, I think it will. But that's not the reason the Bible gives for why we forgive. We forgive not for our own sake, but for the sake of the glory of Jesus Christ, who has forgiven us. Who am I to hold anybody's sins against them? Uh, so the first reason we forgive is because we have been forgiven. And that's going to lead to like a better mental place and you know, emotional place. But our growth and health is not our main focus. Our main focus is to follow Jesus. And so uh, this leads me to sort of my second point, uh, which is we forgive 
because we are commanded to forgive. <laughs> we forgive because this is a commandment of Jesus. I mean, this is exactly Jesus's command. Ephesians 4.32 that we just read says what? We are to forgive one another just as we have been forgiven, right? And it's not a life suggestion. Uh, Ephesians 4.32 is a command. Uh, you know, let me read it to you again. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Uh, so if you're a follower of Christ, um, this is um, not in the category of, you know, well, is this good for me or bad for me? Do I like this or not like this? Those are, those are all the wrong categories for a Christian. Uh, for a Christian, we forgive because it's in the category of a command from Jesus Christ. Uh, and Jesus will say this in John 14. Uh, John 14, 15 says this, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so as Christians, when people really wrong us and they do awful things or, or they, you know, sin against us in small ways, you know, the place our mind is supposed to go is what are the commandments of Jesus? What does Jesus command me to do by his grace? And all of his commandments are life itself. Well, Jesus tells us to forgive one another just as we have been forgiven. This is a commandment. Uh, it's not optional in that sense. It's a command to obey. And of course, um, you know, uh, I do think this is going to lead to better mental and emotional health, but uh, those are not our primary reasons. Our primary goal is to glorify God, to obey him, and to enjoy him. Uh, so uh, right off the bat, you know, we forgive because we've been forgiven, because we've been commanded to. Um, and then the other reason I think we forgive others is very simply because we need to be forgiven. <laughs> you know, Jesus says it in pretty stark terms right there at the end of the Lord's Prayer. You know, if you're studying in your Bible, you'll notice that um, it doesn't say, you know, deliver us from evil and then just sort of end right there. Jesus goes on and he says in verses 14 and 15, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You know, I mean, if you let those verses sink in, what Jesus is saying is he says, if you forgive others, you prove that you are a Christian and you know God's forgiveness. But if you are unforgiving, you don't know God's forgiveness. You don't know grace, and your Father will not forgive your trespasses. And so for every Christian, our response is we want to be forgiven. We know we have a record of debt, and we need to be forgiving. So who are we not to forgive others? We need to be forgiven, and we do not want to be found as those unforgiving people. Uh, we want to be forgiven, and we want to be forgiving. I think that's what Jesus is getting at in Matthew chapter 6 and following. Um, you know, the other reason I can sort of give for why I think, you know, we need to be forgiving, and this will be sort of my last point, I think you're, I think you're getting where I'm going, is that uh, we forgive because we are the body of Christ. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you, if you think about what the church is, uh, the church is not you know, the people who take member vows and the people who don't take member vows. 
um, you know, newsflash, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're already a member of the church. You are a member of the body of Christ. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12. We are all members of one another. We are all members of the body of Christ, just like a fingernail is a, you know, member of my body or a nose hair is, right? Or my toenails. And what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 is, you know, the knee can't say to the eye, I don't need you, or the foot to the hand, or to the mouth to the ear. You know, the whole body needs one another. And so you need all of your body parts functioning if you want to be healthy, right? And so part of what we want to do as the body of Christ is be forgiving to one another because we want to function as the church and the body of Christ. And when I say church, I don't just mean, you know, like, lowercase c, like Jacksonville Presbyterian Church. I'm not talking about that church alone. I'm talking about the church, all of those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, We should yearn to be a forgiving community. The new people of God need to be forgiving. We're all in this together as the body of Christ, and we need each other. You know, Paul will say it this way in Galatians 6. He says, be careful that you do not bite and devour one another, lest you be consumed by one another. And I know if you've been tracking with our sermon series on Sundays, you'll know that uh, one of my top concerns right now is that the love of many will grow cold during this time. And even the love of believer to believer will grow cold. Uh, Now more than ever is the time to embrace forgiveness and the love of Christ and to extend that to one another because we're going to need it more than ever right now. So those are all the reasons, I think, uh, that you and I need to be forgiving people. Now, the real question we've got to answer, and the last thing I want to talk about, is probably the question you are thinking about right now, uh, which is, but what if people don't repent of the awful things they've done? Or, Or what about the person who's done something truly awful to me? What does forgiveness look like there? And am I really supposed to forgive somebody who's not sorry, who doesn't repent? Or, or am I supposed to really forgive somebody who's done something truly awful? How am I supposed to forgive in those situations? Uh, well, uh, the first thing I will say is it's hard to have that conversation online in a video. Uh, there's a lot of questions and a lot of unpacking that needs to happen. And this is sort of why the Lord gives us pastors and spiritual leaders. So if you have an issue that you need to talk through uh, with me, I would love Uh, to meet with you from six feet away or over Zoom, and we can talk about uh, your issue or struggle with forgiveness. You can reach me. It's just uh, my email is jernigan at jvillepres.org. Send me an email. I would love to talk with you or email you. Uh, You can go to jernigan at jvillepres.org. Just send me an email. Would love to speak with you about this. I know these are very complicated stories, um, a lot of our issues with forgiveness, they, they go all the way back to our childhood or our family or our upbringing. Uh, so shoot me an email. Let's talk about your specific instance. But, uh, you know, know that that is always available. I would love to speak to you. Uh, but now, uh, but sort of to give like the big picture answer, you know, what do we do about these, you know, the issues when people don't repent? All right. Well, um, the first thing I'll say is, uh, you, you, in your mind, you need to distinguish as best you can between sort of like small sins and sort of like the big sins. And what I mean by that is, you know, people are going to step on your toes. They're going to say things you don't like. I'm going to say things you don't like. 
people are going to say things that I don't like to each other, and we can't constantly uh, be like bringing up every sin that someone does against us. It'd be exhausting for them and for us. Uh, there is a layer of we just need to forgive people of, you know, things that we can look past and forgive and just say, you know what, people are different. I make mistakes. Um, I sin against others. I need a measure of grace, and I need to extend that. Um, so in your mind, I think you and I need to sort of distinguish between what are those things that we just need to forgive and move on? And then what are those big issues, the big sins that we do need to sit down and have a conversation with someone about or to uh, call someone to repentance? Uh, you know, there are uh, instances in the Gospels, like Matthew 18, where if there's a big sin, you're supposed to go to somebody and talk to them about it. Um, so the first thing is I'd say, you know, distinguish between, okay, is this something that like, you know, you can just bring to the Lord and say, Lord, help me forgive this person. I need to just get over this. I don't like what I'm thinking. They don't, I don't need to have this drawn out conversation with them. Let me just forgive it and Lord, lead them to repentance. Or is there a bigger issue where they haven't repented, they haven't changed their patterns, they don't seem to understand the gravity of their sin. What do I do then? Uh, well, um, there's a couple of things that I would suggest that you do. The first one is this is why you and I need to be praying. And the best way that I can help you shape your prayer life in these big sins is you need to pray that the Lord would lead that person to repentance. And repentance means a 180 degree turn away, a change of mind and heart and action away from the sin that they are committing or that they committed. But you and I need to be praying that that person would be led to repentance. Um, this is how Paul advises Timothy to think about people uh, who are egregiously sinning. You know, Paul writes Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, these words. He says, And the Lord's servant, that's you and me, must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Um, if you've got someone in your life who is unrepentant or they don't see the gravity of their sin, um, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 26, those would be verses to underline and start to pray for. Um, Lord, help me to be kind, to be able to teach, uh, to correct with gentleness, and Lord, grant this person repentance lead them to a knowledge of the truth, help them escape the snare of the devil because they have been captured by evil forces to do his will. Lord, grant them repentance. And so that's the first way you address uh, sort of the big sin, right? Is you pray that the person would go to repentance. Um, I think too often people forget that the step of repentance is critical for reconciliation and, and for full forgiveness. Uh, remember that you and I, um, you know, you and I are called to forgive as we have been forgiven. And a lot of times, you know, we just need to show grace and forgive people. But there is also the sense that God forgives us when you and I repent of our sins. In fact, that's the gospel message. You and I aren't reconciled to God until we confess Jesus Christ as Lord 
and repent and believe in the gospel. And so uh, God's pattern of forgiveness is incredible and immense and eternal. But even in God's pattern of forgiveness, he calls us to repentance. And so for many of us, that's what you and I need to be praying for, for those who have uh, sinned against us, for our debtors, that they need to be brought to a realization of the truth, is that they would be led to repentance. But of course, well, what if someone never really sees the gravity of their sin? What if they don't ever repent? What if they don't ever get how bad it's been? Um, Again, this is why, you know, you and I may need to talk in person or over Zoom because that that is a tough issue. Um, I think the the best way to answer that question, though, um, the best way that I've come to grips with it, that I can, um, you know, wrestling with, you know, um, Jesus's parables on forgiving those who sin against us and this command, but also God's pattern of calling for repentance is, um, is really in the words of a counselor named Dan Allender. Uh, Dan Allender put it this way. He said, forgiveness involves a heart that cancels the debt, but does not lend new money until repentance occurs. And I think that's probably uh, at least uh, where I land when it comes to people who don't repent or people who don't see sin or something terrible has happened. Um, I think as Christians, we are obligated to cancel the debt, to say, I forgive you. I'm not going to hold your sins against you. I'm going to pray for you. Um, Jesus tells me to pray for my enemies. I'm going to pray for you. But the way that I'm going to pray for you is that you would come to a knowledge of the truth, that I would know what it means to be kind to you, uh, that I would uh, pray that um, you would be um, delivered from the snare of the devil himself. Uh, But for many of us, when people have really egregiously sinned against us or hurt us, um, you know, we're not meant to, you know, reconcile fully with them in this life in every possible way. Uh, You know, um, I think about this way, you know, when, um, you know, I used to do youth ministry and work with college students a bunch. And, you know, um, if you, you know, break up with your girlfriend or your fiance, you know, you're not called to fully reconcile with that person and, and be like best friends with them. You recognize there's a shift in the relationship, right? Uh, but you are, meant, you are called to forgive them of everything that they've done, right? Uh, but you don't, you know, restart the relationship from scratch until there's a change in behavior, uh, so uh, all, all that to say, I think for people who are really struggling, I think that's the sort of the tension of the gospel is that you and I are meant to cancel their debt, uh, but I don't think we're meant to lend out new money, um, keep putting ourselves out there uh, to allow sinful patterns to continue and just sort of sweep it under the rug and say, well, that's just supposed to be forgiven. Um, real forgiveness is rooted in repentance. So we cancel the debt and we call people to repentance, and we do it with utter humility because we, of all people, know that we need to be forgiven. We need to be forgiven. Uh, So hopefully that's a helpful way of understanding repentance. Like I said, I know this is a sticky issue. Uh, There's a lot of nuance to it. There's a lot of questions that you may be thinking of. And, you know, what does it mean for someone who's not alive anymore? What does it mean to forgive them? Or what about, you know, if this is my spouse or my kids or my family members or my parents? Uh, You know, this is why, you know, we need each other. We need the body of Christ. Uh, Reach out to me and I would love to help walk with you through the commands of Jesus. Uh, But, um, Like I said, be praying 2 Timothy chapter 2. Take the words of Jesus seriously. If you want to be forgiven, you and I, we've got to be forgiving people. And uh, never, ever, ever forget 
that Jesus has taken your sins upon himself. He has completely forgiven you, and you are a new creature in Christ. You are a new creation, and that fundamentally changes who you are if you trust in him. And if you need power to forgive, rely on the Holy Spirit in you. Uh, I love you. Reach out to me. I miss you. And uh, be praying for us that we can gather in person again soon. And if you have any questions, I would love to get in touch. Let's pray. Uh, Father, I pray for uh, each person listening right now that you would give them wisdom and insight in knowing how to forgive those who have sinned against us. Uh, Lord, uh, give them the words that they need to say, maybe to have hard conversations. Uh, Lord, give them grace, give them insight. And Lord, uh, would you grant people repentance so that we would stop hurting one another and hold us back uh, as the body of Christ from hurting and not loving one one another during this season. Lord, we love you. We can't wait to gather again. Lord, would that come quickly? Amen. Guys, see you soon. Love you.